You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. Coaches, players, other people, I mean, you name it. I got, I had haters from all sides. And Jesus said in this world, you're going to have some haters, but don't be concerned. I've overcome them. It was, God didn't send Joseph to prison. Joseph's pride got him in the pit and then got him in the prison. I know because my pride got me in the pit and in prison, right? (laughs) And that's the kingdom. We're supposed to equip people by the way that we live our lives every day. And we're supposed to live out of the overflow of an abundant relationship with Jesus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. How is everybody doing? I am doing fantastic. I am doing so well. Just got back from a week and a half in Florida. Took the family down to Panama City Beach. Had a Airbnb beach house and did nothing but relax. It was amazing. It was my daughter's first time ever seeing the ocean. So that was exciting. It was just an amazing time of rest and fun. Lots of fun. Had a great time. I would encourage everyone to get some rest and to have a good time. Thank you for tuning in again to the Kingdom Bringer podcast. We're so excited to have you back. I'm excited to be back in the saddle This episode here is a long time coming. I have an awesome conversation with ex-NFL football player Sterling Harris. We're going to talk about hearing the voice of God. Let me give you a quick little rundown of who he is. He was, a again, a former NFL player. He played for the Cleveland Browns. He played college ball at SMU in Dallas. He's one of the big boys, 6'7", 345-pound lineman, and suffered through 0-12 season in college, suffered through some setbacks at a young age, playing football. Nobody believed in him. Nobody told him that he'd be anything. And like many people who have success in life, he had to persevere. He pressed through. And what he thought at the time was his own efforts and was his own willingness to suck it up and to move on was actually the Holy Spirit driving him and he now being awake to the fact that the Holy Spirit has access to him and that he has a relationship with an active living God. He's able to look back now and see how the Holy Spirit was there with him all along. It's a fantastic story, and he has some amazing practical insight on how you can also hear from the Lord. So this is a cool story about a guy who learned to hear from God and then teaches other people to do the same thing. He has an amazing passion to help build up and equip the body of Christ to hear from God and to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Sterling Harris is on the bill right now. But first, the Kingdom Bringer podcast is brought to you by Podcast Solutions. If you're interested in starting a podcast, whether you have a business, organization, ministry, personal brand, whatever it is, you have a story to tell, and we are here to help you. We want to help get your voice out there to the world. We want to help you tell your story. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe it's worth looking into, and we'd love to help you out, whether it's consulting, whether it's getting started, whether it's editing, whether it's fully managing your podcast, all of it, we're ready to roll at Podcast Solutions. Check us out at podcastsolutionsnow.com. Reach out to us for some information. We'd love to help get you going on your podcast journey. And now, here we go. Here is my conversation 
with Sterling Harris. This is episode 80, Hearing the Voice of God. Let's go. So I definitely want to chat about the hearing from God, about your um, your passion for equipping the church to hear the voice of God. But I definitely want to hear a little bit about your football career. And we can keep this super brief because I don't want this to be the whole podcast. I'm a football guy myself, and we could probably talk about this for days. But just give us a quick rundown as of, of your football career. Introduce yourself that way. Kind of tell us, tell my listeners uh, who Sterling Harris is, and maybe they've recognized you from the football field. Who are you? <laughs> who are you, bro? Yes, yeah, so former NFL player, man, uh, former former religious person, yes. uh, former <laughs> former a lot of things. But uh, <laughs> as far as football career, man, it, it's uh, I was blessed to play in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns. I was always a person that I don't know necessarily a lot about football trivia and things like that. Yeah. I just like to hit people. Yes. Because <laughs> people people usually ask me all these different questions about football. I'm like, bro, if it doesn't have to pertaining to hitting people <laughs> or the actual game itself, yeah. you probably know more about football than I know about football as far as trivia yeah. and history. So I grew up in Terrell, Texas, man. And the long story short is there's a lot of people that counted me out and God counted me in. There was a lot of people that said, you're too fat, you're too slow, you're too this, you're too that. And in some ways, you know, they were right. They were looking at what they saw, but see, God was looking from the inside out on what he put inside of me. That's good. And I kept hearing this voice in the back of my head when all these people would be doubting me and coaches, players, other people, I mean, you name it. I got, I had haters from all sides, right? Yeah. And Jesus said in this world, you're going to have some haters, yes. but don't be concerned. I've don't overcome them. Don't sweat it. That's good. That, that's the Sterling Harris version. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and so a lot of people counted me out, man, but there was this voice in the back of my head that I did not know at the time was the Holy Spirit. And so many people, God speaks to them in the recesses of their mind and in this inner witness or inner dialogue that we'll talk about a lot more later. But as far as this, there was a, a voice in the back of my head that just kept showing me and telling me, like I would see like a vision of a Rocky movie or when I would see a sports movie and they were training harder and people yeah. were counting them out. I just felt in my heart, like God was saying that, that this can be you, you know, work yeah. harder, be the first one in the gym, the last one out and just train hard and, and be your very best, not being the best. Cause there's always someone better, but God just put it in my heart to be your very best. And don't believe what they're saying, believe what I put in you. And it was, this was an inward knowing. This was when I watched a movie about sports, there was something inside of me that came alive and I didn't discern that it was God. I just thought I was very motivational or self-motivated. Yeah, there you go. But see, I love what my friend Michael McIntyre says. You're not that anointed. That's good. You're not yeah. that smart. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a situation where I wasn't that great. I wasn't that smart, but I was listening to this inner voice that I did not know was God at the time, but it was. And I kept listening to that inner dialogue when people counted me out. But I began to count myself in, but mm. I began to take the action steps that it took to be my very best. So I was the first one in the gym, the last one out. I watched extra film. I did, I, I did what it took to be the best. I love what Tom Landry used to say in a nutshell. He's saying, you have to sacrifice today and do the things that others are not willing to do yeah. to get the results that other people actually want. Yeah. And that's what that that can apply to every single situation, but especially in your relationship with God, because there's so many things that are pulling on us from this world. We have to make the cognitive decision every day that we're going to lean into the Holy Spirit. We're going to pause for a second and say, God, what are you saying about this? We're going to, and then we're going to actually intentionally listen. And intentionality is so important in every aspect of your life. Yeah. And it's really the recipe for success is being consistently constant and persistent in what you're doing. And, and when you, 
are not getting the results you want, be mm. flexible enough to look at it and be honest enough in your heart to look at it and say, okay, where can I improve? God, where can I improve? What can I do? Or what, what, what are more ways that I can connect with you in my daily life? And then bring the kingdom in those areas of your life and make the decisions that it takes to get the results that you want. And so there, there was all these people that counted me out. God counted me in. I ended up being all state, all American, all area. I was the I was the top five finalist and class four A player of the year for offensive lineman. Only the only offensive lineman nominated for that that position. And I ended up going to SMU on a full ride. We were absolutely terrible while I was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you guys went twelve, right? Your senior year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh and twelve, my senior season. We did not win a game. Oh my goodness! And I was the poster child for an O and twelve football season. Yeah. And I remember looking at this, they had a mental toughness and F extra effort deal. And they had the games, whether we won or lost them. And midway through the season, I realized <laughs> that there's going to be a good chance that we're not going to win any games that we're going to go yeah. on 12. But I kept listening to that voice inside of me that says, no matter what Sterling you, I put a dream inside of you to go to the NFL. I've been, I put a dream inside of you. I put greatness inside of you, no matter what everybody else is doing around you, you have to press in. And I just remember saying in my heart, I, I'm not used to playing football like this. I'm used to playing football for my team, for myself. It's a team effort. Yeah. Sometimes in life though, it's, it's like Jesus, when he, when he put them outside, it says, and, and when he was raising uh, the, the Jairus' daughter, he put them all outside, except for the people that were his core group that actually mm. believed with him. Right. And sometimes, you know, you got to put those thoughts outside of you, yeah. th those negative thoughts. Sometimes you got to put people out of your life outside of you and begin to focus on that core group of people with the Lord Jesus being the number one person, of course, with that, with your in with that intimate love relationship with him. And so... I just looked at this chart and I said, oh man, but I've got to do what I've got, I've got to do to fulfill the dream that God's put, in, put inside of me. Were you, so a, I end up going, were you a believer at this time? I, I've been a believer since I was 12 years old yeah. and I had a, an encounter with God when I was 12 and I literally just kind of threw up a Hail Mary prayer. And I said, God, if you're real and you want a personal relationship with me, I want to know that I know that I know that you're real and yeah. that you actually want me personally. And I tell you, the next morning I woke up with, with what I now I was experiencing, the tangible presence of God. But as a 12-year-old, I didn't know what I was experiencing. Yeah. All I know that I felt a peace and a comfort and a love that I'd never felt in before in my life. And I just got an inward knowing and an impression. That's how a lot of God's voice comes to you is an, an impression, an inner knowing, inner dialogue. Yeah. Uh, inner visual you see a you see a mental picture in your mind god used your imagination to show you a mental picture like you was doing with those rocky movies there's there'll be an inner uh like a, a just a, it'll it'll just resonate with you inside you're like okay it's almost like a download the god downloads something to you and if it sounds smarter than you are yeah it's probably jesus yeah yeah <laughs> that's good now, it's, what's cool is you you experienced such like perseverance like you had to have perseverance to to go through what you did i think anybody that goes into the league that's probably the biggest distinguishing factor is their ability to persevere right through i would say so especially you big uglies right <laughs> you've got to, i mean you've got to get where you've got to get to to be able to compete in the nfl and it's it's funny because i think the world would say you need more perseverance, pull yourself up by the bootstrap and get after it. But you, I think probably looking back now can see that was the spirit of perseverance that you had was, was from him, right? Like you couldn't have made it through that without. I would say a hundred percent. Yeah. And had I known how to partner with that anointing better, mm. I think that I would have had a, a much longer and even more joyous and better career. Yeah. But I was I was in what you call white knuckle Christianity. Mm -hmm. I was white knuckling it and I was working harder, doing better, trying to get God to love me. I didn't even know that God would speak to you unless you were like some super anointed person bringing all these people to Jesus, you know, all this like that. You had to be like a you had to have like a special birthmark when you were born. Like you had yeah. to be set apart. Right. Yeah. But God wants a relationship with every single person. Mm. And God is always speaking. Yes. The only question is. Do you have the context, the definitions, and the discernment 
to recognize his voice. That's good. And for so many people, God is speaking to them, but they don't have the context or definition to know it's God. So a lot of times when I activate people to hear the Lord, I say, well, God speaks in, th- in kind of three different categories. And we get this from Jesus. He speaks interkinetically, which mm-hmm. we know Jesus, it says the Bible says that Jesus was moved along in his spirit and he perceived things in his spirit. This is like, this is like a Holy Ghost Google Maps. Yeah, man. And so, and so it's like a, it's like an internal compass. There's some, everybody's had that gut feeling that was like, uh, uh-uh, don't do that. And when you did it, you got in a wreck, right? Yeah. Everybody's got that t-shirt and probably, probably got 10, 15 of them in your closet. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the inward witness. That's what we call the kinetic move of the Holy spirit. If people would just literally listen internally on what's going on, if they have peace or they don't have peace about something, that right there is actually God's voice and people discount it so much, but we all know when we didn't listen to that gut feeling that it led to unwanted consequences at the very least. Right. Yeah, that's right. And then the other two categories is inner visual. There's so many times God will give you a mental picture. People say I had a vision and people think, Oh, it's over. They over spiritualize it. What God is doing is he's using your imagination, which he created, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he created it to, to have you dream with him, but more importantly, to actually communicate with you. That's right. And he's using your imagination to show you mental pictures of images, series of images, a video, a tape that plays in your mind to get over either literal or spiritual concepts to you. Through, through that internal communication. That's good. And then the third one is the, is the inner auditory. It's the small, still voice. It's the flowing thoughts that God gives you. It's the download from heaven. And it's not going to become this big booming voice. There's only three times in the gospels and the new Testament believer that people heard the Lord's voice audibly two times to the people around Jesus and once to Jesus. Yeah. But we know Jesus said, I can only do what I see in yep. visual, what I see the father doing. Yep. Jesus had internal visual communication. He said, I can only say what I hear the father saying, That's good. but we know that Jesus, we know Jesus, he was talking about internal communication, not that he was hearing a voice outside of him. He was hearing a voice within him inner man. from the yeah. Holy ghost. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's good. You know, people, people hearing this are going to think, man, this guy, he knows everything about the prophetic. He's tuned in. He gets it all. You've experienced a lot prior to this revelation that you've received, right? I mean, you, Absolutely. you spent time in prison. Talk to us about that a little bit, man. What was, what was that experience? How'd that come about? This <laughs> well, is post well, NFL career, right? You know, every, everybody wants the Joseph anointing, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but they forgot yeah. Joseph went in prison for 14 That's years. Right. I don't want Joseph anointing, right? That's right. I did three and a half years in federal prison and I, Joseph had a 14 year bid. That's a hot minute. That's guys. right. That's, That's a right. hot minute. That's more than a decade. That's like a decade, almost and a half. <laughs> so I understand he got all that stuff at the very end. In, but look, let me tell you this from yeah. a person who went to prison, just like Joseph. Yeah. It was God didn't send Joseph to prison. Yeah. Joseph's pride got him in the pit. There you go. And then got him in the prison. I go. know because my pride wow. got me in the pit and in yeah. prison, right? Talk about that. Talk about that. <laughs> so I was just, I was not walking with the Lord. I was young, ambitious, and naive. Did some business deals with some people that were quote unquote an investment group. All those houses that get, ended up getting foreclosed on. And because I was their realtor, they rolled me into their conspiracy. And people will say that know anything about real estate. Well, they can't do that. That's not fair. Well, the <laughs> federal government sometimes can do things that aren't necessarily fair, but it makes sense to them. Yeah. Now, my accountability in it was that I trusted but didn't verify. Hmm. I had an, a feeling in my gut that I didn't listen to, that I dismissed because I was young, ambitious, and naive, could, and I wasn't walking been? relationally. What's that? What could that have been, Sterling? What was that pride. inner voice? P-R-I-D-E. That was pride that I wasn't, li- that I was listening to, and that yeah. was the voice of the Holy Ghost yes, that's right. <laughs> that I ignored. Yeah. And it got me in a super big wreck. Yeah. So that <laughs> super was a big wreck. So you're, so you're saying, you're suggesting that the Holy Spirit was talking to you, even though you weren't living for the Lord. A hundred percent. I mean, I was, I had fire insurance. I'm like probably 80% of all Christians, unfortunately, that I had enough Jesus in me to get to heaven, but I wasn't 
I didn't have an abiding relationship with him. I lived a relationship with him based on rules and regulations and not on relationship, which ended up leading to rebellion by me because there was no love there. There was always this working hard, doing better, trying to get God to love me. Mm. That brings shame, condemnation, and guilt, which the enemy will bring upon you and just your own soul wounds will do that as well. You'll give him place to do that. And the whole time, God is trying to woo me into this relationship. You know, I know the things that I'm, I'm in the party scene heavy. I'm in the business life heavy. I'm I'm a workaholic. I mean, I I was, but on the outside looking in, I'm a really good guy, motivational speaker, helping kids, philanthropic, going to church, all these things like that. But really I live this double life. Like Mm. on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm advancing the kingdom are trying to do with what I little I have. And God is breathing on what I'm trying to do, even though I was doing it really in a wrong way. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you know, I'm, I'm over here living in compromise and we live in compromise. You give open doors and legal rights to the enemy. And because of that, the curse of captivity came upon me. Wow. See, I didn't go to prison for the crime I committed. God showed me this in prison because I kept going, God, you know, I didn't know, and this and this and that, how could you let this happen? Da, 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 da. And he finally showed me through Jeremiah 29 that he didn't, he didn't send me to prison. The open doors that I had by living in compromise wow. led me into prison. Wow. It's just like Job. You, people, oh my God, God did this to Job. No, Job said, he said, what I have greatly feared has come upon me. And see, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes that if you break down the hedge, the serpent will bite you. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. Joseph got bit. Yeah. Job got bit. And I got bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people getting bit because they're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They're listening to the voice of their own conscience and their pride. And they're listening to the voice of the world and the enemy. And they're not realizing it and they're not discerning it. And they're good people. Yeah. Like that my family, they're good people, born again, going to heaven, but they didn't, they lived in religion. Mm-hmm. They didn't live in relationship because you do what you see modeled. That's right. If you don't know how to personally connect with God, how can you model and teach your kids how to do that? My parents, they were going to heaven, loved Jesus. I went to church camp the whole nine. Yeah. yeah. But they just taught me how to sing some songs, got me born again, which was a blessing. You know, if I died, I would have went to heaven. That's right. But I wasn't living in the fullness. Yeah. So our ministry is all about giving people practical ways to connect with God's voice so you can hear his voice every day of your life. Because if you can't hear God's voice, Mm. how are you really in a relationship with him? That's good. If I couldn't hear my wife's voice and I I wasn't in two-way communication with her, that wouldn't be a good relationship, right? Dude, I've, yeah, I was actually thinking <laughs> about this this morning because I knew, I know that you're like so passionate about not just learning to hear his voice, but like practicing hearing his voice on a daily basis. And I, that thought came to me, man, if I, if I was in a relationship with someone and I couldn't hear them speak and I loved them, I would do whatever it took to learn how to communicate with them. You know, but I feel like there's so many Christians that claim to have this love relationship with God, but they're so content with not hearing his voice. And there's and I think, something I think really, something's not right there. I think it's really, it, it's a, you know, it's a failure on part of the church and, and really the Christian community at large, because I always tell people, see, Major in the majors. Mm-hmm. People always want to ask me these theological questions. I'm like, hey, do you know how to forgive? Do you know how to hear God's voice? Yeah. Do you know what it practically looks like to walk in love? Do you know how to take a thought captive? Mm. If you can't do the basics, which a lot of people can't really explain to you how to do the basics. Yeah. If you can't do the basics, let's not let's major in the majors yeah. and stop majoring in the minors. Mm-hmm. I don't care about all that systematic theology. If you can't hear God's voice, then you're just reading about somebody that somebody else may have known, but you're not tasting and seeing as the Lord says that he's good yourself. It comes from experiential heart level knowledge. And for so many years, I was bumping my knees around the dark, not knowing all I had to do was turn the light on. (laughs) It was right inside. It was the Holy Ghost. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It was the Holy Ghost. I mean, I, I didn't even believe that healing was for today yeah 
I didn't believe that you could, you could pray in the spirit. And it was one of those things when I, when God was like Sterling, stop trying to work out healing in your head, take Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow them that believe yes. they'll lay their hands in the sick in Jesus name, they'll recover and then go do it. And did, did I see everybody get healed? Right. I didn't see everybody get healed, but I knew God was good to his word. So I'm sowing a seed, I'm watering, I'm planting, God gives the increase, right? Yeah. But then I also have seen people get miraculously, supernaturally healed. I've seen legs grow out, tumors disappear, doctor's reports come back, mm. kidneys restored, cancer balance, in the name of Jesus, people get healed. I mean, I've seen some super wild, crazy, amazing stuff. Yeah. It's just like when I first started reading about praying in tongues, I was like, ah, because I, I used to grow up and make fun of people like that. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. stop it. That's ridiculous. But then I was reading the book Acts with some new lenses because if you read through the wrong lenses and the wrong filter, there you go. even the word of God will be of no effect to you. Jesus said, do not make the word of God non-effective mm. and with no working power by your traditions. And I had done that. Yeah, that's but good. then God, I had God sent a man in my life and he said, he said, Sterling, I want I think God wants you to receive your supernatural prayer language. And I thought it was going to fall on me like rain. Like, yeah. okay, I read the book of Acts. I, I say, I say, God, I want this. And it was going to fall on me. It's not Fire like that. tongues are going to come down on top of your head. And yeah. It's like everything else <laughs> in life. You've got to put in something hey, to get go. something. Yeah. Even, even, even your being born again, you had to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And then Jesus saved you because of a response that you had. So there's so many people that thinks that the Lord's voice is going to fall on them. They're going to hear some big booming voice, but they're not engaging their faith to hear the voice of the Lord because they don't have practical context of what it looks like. The main response I get back, they say, that's Jesus. Yeah. I've been doing that my whole life. I've been hearing that my whole life. I just never paid attention. I didn't wow. know it was him. Yep. It, or they'll say, it's that simple. Yeah. Or why does God talk like that? Well, we, 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 we talked about Jesus responding to the father and communicating with them intervisually, but God often speaks in parabolic or metaphorical language. Yes. And people are like, what's wrong? Why does he, why does he show me a picture of something, but I don't really understand it. Well, first of all, God's interested in engagement and relationship. Sure. So he may show you something metaphorical. You have to research or you have to ask him more about because it creates a relational connection. And then he puts it together in such a way that there's no way that you could have come up with that That's yourself. Right. right. And then the second, the second part really is, is about that relational connection that he's making and the way that he's communicating with you is exactly the way that God communicates in the Bible. Read the book of Psalms. How many metaphors, That's right. <laughs> word pictures, That's and right. puns does he use? What did Jesus do? He told stories. That's he right. told parables. That's right. God is all about, I love what he said, what he says in the book of Proverbs, that, that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, mm -hmm. but it's the glory of kings people that God is anointed in a relationship with Kings and Queens right. to search a matter out. Yeah. Because when you search it out, it creates relationship and history with God. And then, and then you become so addicted to it yeah. that I hear God's voice in my daily business. I hear God's voice and I, I quit people even at my office. I'm like, Hey, I do I'm a freight broker. Is, is what is the, is the marketplace ministry I have. Yeah. I've gotten words of knowledge um, and seeing, you know, people's knees or shoulders here that, that were driving 18 wheelers for me, that God just, my, all of a sudden my knee or my shoulder would start to tingle. And I'm like, Hey man, do you have a shoulder problem? Yeah, I do. Is it your left shoulder? It is. Let me pray for you real quick. And they get healed. Yeah. I, I've had people give their life, you know, based on the kingdom that I was bringing there, the people in my office, I'll say, well, what do you think about how much we should charge this client? Pray about it right now. And just tell me what number you see in your mind. And God will give them a number. Yeah. And often that number will be the same number that I got in my mind. Yeah. And so I teach and equip them how to bring the kingdom in their own lives. And at first they were like, Sterling's kind of weird because he prays over loads that we're posting on a load board. <laughs> but then, because I would say Jesus and Jesus saying, I just thank you, God, that you're going to cover this load in Jesus name. Because mm. it was it, nobody was calling on it. We weren't able to get capacity on it. You know, we wanted to look good in front of our client. And then I would just, and I, God still does this to me all the time. But at first, at first, when I first started doing this, I would see Jesus driving an 18 wheeler in a red cap that said Jesus on it. 
Yes. That's right. <laughs> and then I, I would just hear in my heart, I got you. That's good. And when I start, and I would say, I would say, okay, Andrea, that's one of my girl's names in my, off, in my office. I'll say, okay, Andrea, let's pray over this load real quick. Jesus, I think you're going to cover this load for us at full value. It'll be a blessing to us to move it. It'll be a blessing to the person who takes it. And without fail, mm-hmm. it would get covered 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. Somebody would call, oh yeah, man, I need this load. Thank you so much. And after a while, they stopped saying, oh, I'm going to pray about it to actually praying and hearing from the Lord. And, and Andrea even told me, she said, Sterling, you know, I used to think it was kind of weird you would do this. And then I saw it work over and over and over again. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if God cares this much about this thing that Sterling's praying about, that it really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't even matter, but it matters to Jesus, then he'll do that much even more for me. That's good. So she said, she said, so she started releasing the kingdom and having a close relationship with God because I was started praying with her and, and walking her through my creative process on how I hear God in my business every day. Hmm. And then she saw it work yeah. and now she works it for herself. Yeah. And that's the kingdom. We're supposed to equip people by the way that we live our lives every day. And we're supposed to live out of the overflow of a, an abundant relationship with Jesus. What does this look? What does this look like? It mean it looks like, you know, listening to the Bible on your Bible app while you're working out or on your drive drive to drive to to work. Or you know, like sometimes in the morning, I'll spend some quiet alone time with God and read a daily devotional. I, I read Jesus's Calling is by Sarah Young, great de- daily devotional. I'll spend time that I'm reading my Bible, but sometimes you know you're you're behind. I'll let let the Bible play in my ear. Yeah. You know while I'm doing my work. I mean you and I and constantly. I'm constantly in this two-way dialogue with God. So I let him and his spirit and his word be the filter for the thoughts that I think, for the words that I speak and the actions I take. That's good. So that in itself is worship because I'm hearing God every day. Sometimes I'll give off a conversation with somebody and I'll have a check in my heart. Like I'll have an uneasiness. And I'm like, okay, God, why are you, why are you, why are you checking my heart on this? And he'll bring to my mind something I said. And he'll say, Sterling, there's a better way. And I'll just get a flowing thought. There's a better way to say that. Wow. That's not walking. That may be integrity in the world standards, but it's not in mine. Yeah. And sometimes he'll just say, I'll get like a happy feeling. He'll say, you know, good job, son, on that conversation. God is at work all the time, everywhere. But what people don't understand is he cares. It's good. He cares. That's good. He cares about every single aspect of your life. And there is nothing that you involve him in that he won't speak into touch and bless. It's so good. And that's the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So good, man. (laughs) I believe that it's so important for people to take the information that they hear or read or see and become activated in that. And I've always said that there's like four levels, man. There's information that becomes revelation that you you choose to use as application and then that turns into activation. And I feel like that, that level between application and activation is the most important thing that we, like you said before, we just expect God to do all these things without us ever applying his word into our lives, you know, or ever bringing the kingdom into our workplace or our schools or whatever the case may be. What are some practical ways that, that you teach people to, to turn that information and apply that and and be activated in this hearing God thing? What are some practical ways daily everyday life things? I ask people to do this for like two weeks, which is a couple things. Just you practice hearing God's voice a couple times a day intentionally. So maybe twice a day and you get up and you just say, you just ask God a different question every day. Uh, One of the questions is, Jesus, what do you love about me? Hmm. And then you listen and maybe you see a word in your mind. Maybe you get a, a, a flowing thought of, I love this about you. Maybe you see a scene of you doing something that God loves about you that speaks to an aspect of your character. Wow. And I ask people to intentionally sit with God, even if it's for five minutes and begin to begin to ask God a question, open in a question 
and then let him respond to you and expect some kind of response. Hmm. Even if it's, it could be goosebumps. It could be a feeling of peace. It could be an inner visual experience. It could be a flowing thought. It could be like God's giving you a warm hug. It's a lot of different ways. And, and, and once you've been begin to build this history with God, you'll see a pattern of the way he speaks to you and his love language that he wants to develop with you. That's good. And so that's one practical way that I tell people to, to do that. I also suggest that people do what I call an unforgiveness purge a couple of times a week, and they'll, they'll be surprised on what comes up. And so I, I tell people, sit with the Lord and just say, God, Holy Spirit, bring to my heart who I need to forgive. And oftentimes you'll see a person's face, you'll see their name, you'll see a scene from something that happens, and then begin, don't argue with God. I always have to tell people that, even though people, I would never argue with God. You're lying. (laughs) We've all done it. We all do it. So just be realistic with yourself, right? And then let God bring that to your heart. And as he brings it to your heart, God, I forgive that person. I forgive myself. I forgive you, God. There's two people that I always get brought to my heart in some way, shape, or form. That's myself, because it's so easy to be offended towards yourself and God, because it's so easy to be offended at God, and it's so slight. Yeah. People, oh, I'm not offended by God. So have you ever have you ever been scrolling through your social media and said, man, why has that person got such a good life? Yeah. Why do I have it so rough? Wow. Right then, you didn't know it, but you just got offended yeah. at that person at what God is doing in your life and what he maybe not is doing in your life. So people get offended by God all the time and it's okay. God knows that's why he's bringing it to your heart. Do that a couple of times when you've been so surprised at what God and who God brings to your heart and mind. And then you, as you're, as you begin to feel lighter, as you, God begins to do a work in your heart, you begin to realize that God knows intimate details about your life that you forgot about. There's so many people that will start doing this. Like my brother started doing this. He was having trouble hearing from the Lord. And I knew that he had some unforgiveness in his heart. I just discerned that that that's what was, was one of the things blocking his, his flow all the time. And I said, I said, D just do this exercise for two weeks, like as a, as a detoxification of your heart. In the first couple of days, it was stuff that he was obviously holding unforgiveness about. But then God started showing him things from his childhood he forgot about that he was actually using that as the filter mm. for what he was currently doing. Yeah. And when he released that to God, God has increased his business and his influence in his life and how he hear God's voice tremendously just by doing that two week challenge that I challenged him to do. That's good. It's, and what's, what's really cool is, and I I know that you agree with this, that God never stops talking, right? He's, Mm -hmm. he's always talking and that frequency is always going, but it's those things that you're suggesting we, we detox from our lives. It's those things that we've allowed to be louder than that frequency, right? Exactly. And, and I think a lot of times people chalk it up to luck or coincidence that don't exist, by the way. Yeah. Life is a combination of four levels of activity. Your activity for positive or negative, other people's choices for positive or negative. God's activity always to call you into a deeper love relationship with him and the enemy's activity to kill, steal, and destroy. Wow. So when you start to understand that, you start to understand why things are happening in your life and you need the Holy Spirit's help to discern what's happening. So if you lose your job... Are you having static at your job or at your work, something like that? That might be the enemy trying to coax that person to persecute you a little bit. Mm. But you need to ask, okay, God, where are you in this? What activity is going on in this? That way that you can pray for the person. I've had clients that I had to that were coming at me in a really wrong way that I prayed for, and God showed me that they were having a rough day and that the enemy was trying to use them to get to me wow. and also just derail what they were doing. Cause it would have hurt them if their, our relationship would have dissolved. I could have easily. And for, uh, for several moments, I did get very offended, yeah. very upset. Yeah. 
because we, we, we insist on our own rights in our own way, which in book of Corinthians in the amplified version says that we have no right to do Yes, right. <laughs> because it says love doesn't insist on its own rights in its own way, yeah. that it's not self-seeking that it, that it, that it's actually, it's actually sacrificial. That doesn't mean you let people run over you, but you think about things in the filter of God's spirit, word, and voice, and then you take action. And I tell you, I did this and everything was rectified within literally 30 minutes to an hour. Wow. And then I saw a whole change and a whole shift in the atmosphere in our relationship. But before I would have just got offended and got mad and I would have bit my tongue, but that irritation and frustration would have come out in my actions and my performance and probably would have ended up hindering my life and my business. Wow. So it's very important to stay on top of those things, right? I mean, that's because it's, it's like you said, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. It's what he does. Yeah. All <laughs> the time. He, and he never stops. <laughs> all the time. I, I mean, you, you gotta have a, you gotta have a full time, a full time <laughs> Jesus activating on your behalf. Wow. And you have to engage the Holy Spirit to do that. And so what does that look like? Taking thoughts captive. When I get a thought that's contrary to the word of God, contrary to Corinthians 13, the amplified version, if I get irritated, frustrated, if I'm unkind with someone, if, if I get, if I get short with my wife, if I get, you know, short with my kids, I immediately have to take any kind of thoughts I'm getting captive and if I took action based on those thoughts, if I got short with them, if I got loud with my kid or short with my kid, if I wasn't acting in love, then I make amends and I apologize. Yeah. But if I even even if I let that thought come in my mind, I still take that caught thought captive and I say, Jesus, I'm releasing that thought over to you. That's not the way I want to think. That's yeah. step one. Step two, God, I'm releasing forgiveness for my spouse. I'm releasing forgiveness for my kid. And I'm receiving your forgiveness for, for what I allowed into my mind, because you can't control the thoughts that come into your mind, but you have full accountability and authority over how you respond to them. That's so good. And the third step is where the most, one of the most important is that you pray the opposite of the temptation. What does this look like? I always tell people, if you don't know what to pray for, just pray the opposite of the negative thought you were getting. So I would, I'll pray over my daughter, Lord, I thank you that she's, that she's obedient. I thank you that she has a spirit of submission. Mm. I thank you, God, that you would give me the words to culture her heart, to make her a kingdom citizen, a kingdom person, that she would walk in the fullness of your love. I do the same thing for my wife. I surround her with God's love and I'm, and I'll call out things contrary to the feelings that I, that I have. We're not supposed to be moved by our feelings. Yeah. We're supposed to be moved by the word of God and the spirit of God within us. Yes, God gave us feelings to feel. And yes, God felt in the Bible. But we don't let our feelings rule us. That's good. We rule our feelings and our emotions by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's so good. As you were talking, I read I read that on your Instagram about the you can't control what thoughts come. and. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that was your page. I was going to say that. And then you just said it. And I'm like, Oh, that must've been on your page. But that, dude, that was so simple and so profound because so many times we think I have a relationship with Holy spirit now, but why am I still having these thoughts? Why do these thoughts still come? And the point is the spirit builds up your inner man so that you can take those thoughts captive. The thoughts are, he comes to steal, kill and destroy all the time and never stops. I mean, that's, that was so good when I read that. Cause I'm like, you can't control what thoughts come. I'm like, that's really simple, but that if we really believed that, if we really understood that, that thoughts are going to come, it's hard man, because come. I still get in my flesh about thoughts that come. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I can't believe I was thinking that way. Yeah. I can't believe I, I said that in that way. I can't believe I, I'm still letting things like that frustrate me Yeah. because I know better and I need to do better, but there's a difference between a self inventory and self-criticism and, mm. and self-destruction. That's good. So, so when you criticize yourself, you actually are administering fear and administering a demonic spirit to yourself. Wow. And that's not over-spiritualizing it yeah, no, because good. when you administer fear to yourself, fear has a spirit behind it. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
anxiety, worry, depression that has a spirit behind that. Yeah. And you don't want to be administering depression to yourself because guess what's going to happen? It's good. You're going to get depressed. It's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep worrying about the same thing over and over again, guess what? You're going to be anxious. Mm. Why do you think that the number one prescribed medication in the United States of America is anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication? Right. Yep. And a lot of it, Christians are buying it because- I'm not saying that you can't have a chemical imbalance and need some medication, right? I always tell people get healed by any means necessary. There you go. Yeah. The devil's not coming up with ways to get you healed. That's right. So anything that has to do with healing, that's God's business, right? That's right. But at the same time, there's some of this stuff that there's just a smoke alarm going off in your heart mm. and the Holy spirit is trying to tell you, Hey, you got some things in your heart. You need to deal with, wow. you need to deal with, you need to do one of these unforgiveness purges that Sterling's talking about. Yeah. You need to start taking thoughts captive. Like it says the do in the second, second Corinthians. Yeah. So you need to start releasing some things over to me so you can stop carrying care. Cause it says we're not hmm. built to carry care. That's, That's why it says, cast your cares on him in first Peter. That's good. Cast it says, humble yourself. What does that look like? It says, how do you do it? Peter says, cast your cares, anxieties, and worries on God because so he cares for you. I ask people, how irritating is having one pebble in your shoe? <laughs> Everybody's had it, right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine these negative thoughts of, as little pebbles. Well, how many negative thoughts do you get a day? Yeah. 20, 30, maybe more. Yeah. Those are all little pebbles in your shoe. That That's why when people get home, they got to smoke something. They got to drink something. They got to turn something on. They got to eat something to, to basically inoculate themselves and check out wow. because they've let all these pebbles and all this stuff land in their heart over the day. And they're emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically worn out hmm. from having 30 pebbles in their shoes. That's right. Like that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I used to do that all the time, man. And I didn't know there was a better way because nobody ever taught me and modeled for me how to do that. If I ask 10 pastors that have large churches, how do you take a thought captive? Can you teach me how to do it? I don't know how many of them could teach me a three-step process or at least even a process that I could replicate like we teach. Yeah. Does that make me an amazing person no i got it for free yeah i got it from yeah. the holy ghost that's good and i'm giving away for free that's good we don't charge for it hey we got plenty of free videos to teach you how to do it because i just want to see people release from the bondage of their own thinking yeah because the the biggest battle you're going to fight is as a as a good pastor my my friend says he said the biggest war you're going to fight is six inches of six inches mm -hmm. is in your mind and and it's true man and i've yeah. been I've been one of those people that I had to smoke something. I had to drink something. I had to, I had to, you know, watch some mindless television just to quote unquote unwind and relax for the day. Yeah. I don't have to do that anymore yeah. because now all day I'm walking with the Holy spirit. And at the end of the day, when I do feel worn out, I rest in the Lord Yeah, and I don't have to rest in those things. It's a mindset. Do I still watch some mindless television? I got kids. I watch cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty, that's as mindless as you can get, yeah. right? Do I still get upset? Yeah, but I, now I know how to take thoughts captive and I don't beat myself up about it. I just say, hey, that's part of kingdom business. Well, I got to do kingdom business. I got to repent. I got to cast my cares on Jesus and I got to pray the opposite of the, uh, of the thought. And I got to take out my spiritual AK and boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. I got to dump on the devil. I there can't let, let him keep pushing me around. What's what <laughs> makes it difficult. The whole thought life thing is that we, for whatever reason, we forget that he's with us in that. And so I think we think we're out in the wilderness and God just says, Hey, don't, you know, take every thought captive and good luck. That the rest of that verse is take every thought captive and make it submissive to Christ. That's right. So to that's me, that's right. like, we, we, I, I always think of that as like MMA, you know, make it sub, that thing's going to freaking tap out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> make it, make we're going to, we're going to make that thing tap out to Christ, not to me, not because of what I can do, but because he's already done it. And so it's almost like, I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to throw it to the finished work. You know what I mean? The exactly. work that's already been done. I don't even have to deal with it. And yeah, I think that's, that's the key is, is that I'm not doing this for myself. I'm not doing this on my own. I actually get to use what Jesus did and 
call it mine, you know? <laughs> exactly. And that's the point is, how do you do that practically? And I think that there's more people that are teaching that now than ever before. And I'm so happy that there's so many more people majoring in the majors yes. these days, hearing God's voice, how to forgive, how to take thoughts captive, you know, how to do these things on a practical basis. Yeah. So you can actually, cause if it's not holistic and it's not practical, it's not realistic. There you go. That's good. Cause That's you're, good. you're not going to apply it. That's good. I mean, even the three-step process that we teach at first, it's going to be mechanical, but after you do it for a while now, it's almost like second nature to me. Yeah. And that's you know, what I refuse. I refuse the thought I give and receive forgiveness and I pray the opposite of the temptation and I bounce around from those different steps, but now I know how to use that sword. Yeah. And that's the key is you have to equip people how to use that sword. And that's what you're doing in your podcast yeah. is you're help, helping people bring the kingdom in their lives in a really practical way because God is in the practical. That's good. That's good. And that's what a lot of your book is about, right? How to hear yes. God, 10 ways God speaks. It's all about equipping us to do this on a regular basis, right? Not just go Absolutely. to church on Sunday and hope that we hear a good word, right? But to, to make this a part of our lifestyle, if you will. Is, yes. that, is that accurate? Christianity is not church attendance. It's not. And I can't say that enough because yeah. I go to church. Yeah. I preach at churches. I'm an itinerant speaker. Yeah. I like church. That's right. I like a good meeting. That's right. I like to see the Holy Ghost move in the meeting. Yeah. At the same time, if I didn't go to church, like during COVID, my relationship with God did not change. It's good. I just realized I was in a prison type experience and I pressed into him mm. harder than ever before yeah. in my relationship. Did I miss the meeting that I miss congregating with, with the, with the saints? Yes. Is there an aspect of that, that you need in your life? Yes. The Bible is very clear yeah. on that, but that's like 10% of your relationship it's with Jesus. So good. Yeah. Because if I tell you, Hey, you can get buff working out one time a week for an hour and a half. You can get a six pack in a year, Yeah, but you can eat however you want the rest of the time and live however you want and not work out. Would you say Sterling, that's accurate? <laughs> I would say no, based bro. on my experience. No, that would not no, be bro. that's not going to happen, homie. <laughs> I would so, do it though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, I mean, there's a lot of us doing it and we're getting the same results. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, that one's been that, tested. That aren't, that aren't the ones true, we want. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so so that, that's my point is it's got to be a daily relationship and every day your relationship with God will look different and every season it will look different. With my season right now, God just 3X'd my business. Mm. So my business has increased by 300% over the past three to four months. Wow. Now that's good. More money coming in, more, mm. more this, more that, yeah. more employees, more people, more people to influence. At the same time, you got more time allotted to those things because now it's a 300% increase. And there's, a, there's an economy to scale you got to catch up with and a time management piece you got to catch up with. You know, I have a family. I, I run a ministry. There's a lot of different things that yeah, I do. Yeah. My relationship with God has not waned, but it's looked different. And I've had to give myself grace because now I'm not spending the hours that I spent with the Lord in the morning. It's more, it's more reduced, but I'm, he always, he reminded me during the season, Sterling, I'm teaching you how to abide in my presence on a daily basis in the everyday. It's good. He said, and don't forsake this time as you're not, and don't get in a condemnation and shame. And he, he, he told me this through a flowing thought. Mm -hmm. Don't get into that. Just enjoy infusing me and partnering with me in every single aspect of what I have you doing right now, because there's so many people that you're going to need to teach how to do this. Cause the world is busy. The world has multi activities going on. Yeah. So they need to know practically how to do what you're going through. Cause, cause if you're not really, if you don't know what it's like to be really, really, really busy and have a volume of work, that's really more than you can get done in a week. Yeah. Ongoing and on in an ongoing process that, and still have a relationship with the Lord. How can you teach and model what you yourself are not modeling and, and, and acting out. That's so true. And so I tell people you're hundred percent with God 
looks different every day. Mm. So don't forsake God in the small things or the big things. He's in the everything. That's so good. And as, as men, as husbands and fathers, like we both are, you had a post on your Instagram that was powerful for me, man. And it was talking about anticipating the needs of your family. Will you, will you briefly hit on that? What your heart was behind that? Because for me, that is, that's a prophetic act that I think we need to really take hold of as, as men in the family is anticipate. I mean, if we're, if we're in tune with the Lord, we got to believe that the Lord wants us to protect, to serve and to anticipate the needs of our families. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And the heart behind that, that, that Instagram reel that we made was that God wants us like people always, you know, they, they have these marriage seminars and they always quote the, you know, the wives respect your husbands yeah. and husbands love your, your wives. What does that really look like? It says that like Christ loved the church and that's a sacrificial love. And Jesus looked forward into history. And it says that, that he saw the joy set before him, mm. which was us redeemed. And for that, he endured the cross. And so I try to put myself in the place of Jesus in our household, because he's the head yeah. and I'm the, and I'm the leader in this household. And that's the order that God put it in. So if he was, he, he anticipated the needs of billions of people that were all in the future and, and the ones in the past too, if he anticipated their needs and sacrificed out of love to anticipate and actually meet those needs, yeah. then I need to model what Jesus modeled. How do I do that practically? Well, for me, I try to anticipate and look at my wife's day and say, okay, how can I add value to her day? How can I help her? What's causing anxiety in her life? What's bringing fear into her life? What, what is, what's a, what, what's a rub during the day that I can maybe, maybe make smoother Yeah. for, for me, just in this season, I get our little daughter up. My wife likes coffee in the morning. I get her, my little daughter up. I listen for, for her to start, to start like crying or get up or she was, now she just yells, daddy, daddy. And yeah. I, I go get her. I sing to her. You know, cause I, I try to add God in the little things. So I sing to her a lot of times we'll pray together and we'll go make coffee for mommy and we'll make her a pancake. So just getting her up, getting her fed, trying to just really bring Jesus in mm. wherever you can. That's what I try to do in all, my, my entire life. And then my wife wakes up to a cup of coffee and the kid, the, you know, our little baby's fed. I've changed her diaper. That's something I can do to help my wife start her day because we have a little six month old and my wife stays up with him, you know, two or three times a night. And, and at night I set him right beside my bed. Yeah. Um, and then when, when he gets up, I change his diaper and then I hand him off to my wife to, to nurse him. So there's so, so many guys, they'll just sleep through the night and yeah. like, well, I got to get up at work in the morning. Yeah. Well, hey bro, I work an 18 hour day too, homie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but your wife needs help. Yeah. And, and so it's a situation where we're supposed to be both be raising our kids together. It's a partnership. So just little things like that, where you anticipate the needs of your friends and your family, and you not only realize what can add value to their lives, but what do you see that's taking value away from their lives? And is there anything that you can do practically to take some of that away or mm. lessen that? And that's what people often don't do is they look at, okay, what's some good things I can do? That's good. And that's awesome. But if you begin to mitigate the negatives so good, and man. things that are bringing negative into their lives, it will get, it will give you a better picture of what their true needs are. That's good. Cause I don't want to just hear the Lord for myself. I want my wife to hear the Lord. I want my kids to hear the Lord. And just like you said, man, if there's things that are cluttering that frequency, it's my responsibility to remove those from me. But I think as the man of the house, it's my responsibility to help remove those from the people around me too. A hundred, a hundred and ten percent, man. Yeah, that's I, I awesome. make sure my wife and we pray together. Like, well, I'll say, okay, babe, let's pray about this. And, and I'll have to make her go first. Cause I'll say, okay, what did you get? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want what I do to skew what she's go. hearing. Right? That's right. She, she has her own relationship with God. We're all justified by our own personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes I'll go first, but I, oftentimes I'll say, okay, what'd you get? And she'll say, well, I saw this or I heard this. 
like just like, oh, I felt this, yeah. just like what we've been talking about. Yeah. And then I'll say what I heard or felt or saw, and oftentimes it'll match up. And when it doesn't, we go back to the drawing board. Okay, yeah. God, we got something different. What are you saying about this? And sometimes it'll be a simple, like, follow me. It's yeah. almost like a no answer, but it means follow me means as you guys stay close to me and make a decision, yeah. then I'm going to show you ultimately the actions you need to take in this situation. And oftentimes the actions you need to take as you follow me will be revealed as you take a step of faith That's one good. at a time. That's good. But we're often praying and telling each other, you know, I had a dream. This is my dream. What do you think it means? Yeah. And we just go back and forth like that. And I understand how she hears and she understands how I hear. And then we also hear together. I know why you have her go first though. You'd like to back clean up. You like to just be the, <laughs> the confirmation guy that comes in and confirms the word, right? No, that's good. <laughs> I do. I do like to back clean up as well, but sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, being, having written a book on, I always tell my wife, my wife knows this. I tell yeah. everybody I'm not an expert in hearing God's voice. Yeah. I was just blessed and honored enough that he allowed me to write a book that was out of the overflow of my life. And I came to write that book because I was in utter desperation because I went from being an NFL player, motivational speaker, all around nice guy yeah. to a federal prisoner. And I said, okay, God, my wife has went seriously wrong. I need your help. And I feel like you're calling me into a relationship with you, but how can I have a relationship with somebody I can't see? So that doesn't make any sense to yep. me. And I just got the flowing thought follow me. Mm. And I started journaling down what I felt like his voice sounded like, what my voice sounded like, what the enemy's voice sounded like. And that turned into a lot of journal entries that turned into a way of life that turned into a sermon. And that sermon turned into a book. Wow. And I was just, I, I didn't write this book or start out to, to do this, to write a book. I started out totally selfish, just wanting to help myself Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> my life had went totally wrong. And I realized that religion was not working for me and God was calling him into a relationship, but I was divinely frustrated because I had no idea what that means yeah. because I didn't have a context of what it looked like because I didn't see it modeled. And if you don't know better, how can you, how can you do better? That's right. And that's the whole, and that's the whole thing. And the people I was modeling it from, they were good people. Mm -hmm. They were saved. They were going to heaven. They just didn't know there was more. Yeah. And I'm here to tell everybody with God, there's always more. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I, I think that's true. I think there's a lot of churches and ministries that try to teach salvation <laughs> <You know? laughs> and salvation something that it, it comes jesus does he brings it he did it now there's things some things that we need to learn how to how to walk like he walked and talk like he talked and not for any other reason but to bring the kingdom here on earth just like he did right we can, exactly we can be like jesus <laughs> we have a full grown Jesus Amen. living on the inside of us. And he wants out. <laughs> <laughs> he, and he wants out all the time. <laughs> That's so good. Bro, I'm so thankful for you, man. I just, I love your passion. Like you can tell it just, you reek of passion for this. <laughs> you know, this is like something that you, for me, this is a picture perfect example of somebody who received revelation and just it, it's burning the inside of you, you know, and it's like, you know, that you could just walk around and, and know the Lord and hear his voice and give awesome words of knowledge, but you actually want to equip people to hear his voice for themselves. And I think that's, it's not just admirable. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch somebody obey because we're all called Thank to you. do that. You know, we're all called to walk in obedience like that. So it's good. Where can, where can people get your book? Where's the best place for people to find more about uh, Sterling Harris Ministries? Well, you can get our book on Amazon. It's on Audible, Google Play. I actually do the narration on, on the audio book. We also have a workbook, uh, How to Hear God, 10 Ways God Speaks for Small Groups or Individual Study. You can get that on Amazon as well. We just came out with a a e-course. It's like an eight-session e-course. You can find it on our website at sterlingharris.org. 
super powerful, man. Cause it, we just realized that some people are going to read eBooks. Some people are going to listen to an audio book. Yeah. Some people are going to read a hard book, but there's some people that only want to watch short 25, 30 minute videos. And that's how you're going to captivate them and catch and, and, and get them to catch it. And like you said, salvation, it can't be taught. Yeah. It's got to be caught. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so we're trying to help catch people it, catch it. Once you catch it, do something with it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So we're this eight-session video deal is about really helping people go out and bring the kingdom in their own hearts, in their family, in their sphere of influence, and then that is a ripple effect around them, around the world. That's at sterlingharris.org. You can catch us on TikTok at Sterling Harris Ministries, at Sterling Harris Ministries on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. So we, we just, we have, yeah. we have a YouTube channel. We have a lot of free content on all those, all those places. And we just want you to connect with us, man. Really, we just want to create a Jesus community where we empower and equip people to hear God themselves and then share that with other people and they equip people. And it's the great commission to multiply. Yeah. And it says that, that this is eternal life, that they Amen. may know you, Amen. the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. How can you know someone that you don't have two-way communication with? So good. We want to help you know the Lord more because we can all know. I want to know God deeper every single day. I don't know enough. Yeah. I hadn't seen enough. Yeah. I hadn't done enough. I had I have not known God enough. I want to hear his voice more clearly. I want to see in the spirit more vividly. Yeah. I haven't arrived. I'm hungry. That's and you good. know what? Jesus said, for th those who hunger and thirst they will be filled. Amen. So I tell people, stay thirsty, my friends. That's good. Stay thirsty. That's good. <laughs> Bro, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your sharing your knowledge, your wisdom with us. And I will be praying for you because I know you do, you do you do a lot of speaking too. And I know you, you go to a lot of schools. And I think uh, this is always stuff that I wish I had when I was in school. I feel like I had a wasted youth in a lot of ways. A lot of people have wasted youth by drugs and alcohol and sex. I didn't have that. I was a good kid, but I wasted my youth by not understanding the kingdom of God. So I'm, I'm thankful for, for that avenue for sure and how you're getting after it. So, bro, bless you. And uh, thanks again. Thank you, man. It was an honor. Awesome. It really was. Thank you so much.